Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Please shut off your cell phones because we are recording. And please put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. That was really cute. Some of you, I could I could feel some of you guys like before the actual like this is what the rhythm of this is happened. I who uh, uh, clap now if you supported early on that on that song. If you supported early, I want to thank you with my face. Thank you so much. I felt you guys trying to, to congeal as an audience. I felt you. I understand you. I get what you're trying to do. You brought you brought your audience mentality, but you're not there yet. You don't know each other. You're not. You haven't met me. I'm Cameron. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host. You can clap for me. Don't look at that. Look at how you're coming together. You're you can even all of these people over here can clap, and then the, and then that group, and then this section over here. Don't don't, don't think I don't notice you with your, with your little Dagolo shirt on. You look you look cute as hell. You look cute as hell. That is like a that's a I love I love everything about what's going on with you. Are you are you wearing like Uggs? Are those lined shoes? You, you got them for playing hacky sack? Yeah, I get it. Trust me, I already read your khakis. I get you. I understand what you're doing. You got, you got specific hack, hacky sack shoes? Because they got that flat... You, you've pointed because you they got that flat toe. Yeah, they're, they're skateboarding shoes. They're, they're like an office skateboarding shoe, though, honestly. Like, they're like a... They're, there's a, a tie and they're suede, but you're like, yeah, I'm skateboarding, but I'm still, like, pretty business-like. You're like... Would you like to see my resume, my resume of, 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 of tricks I can do? Um, <laughs> you'll see I graduated from Ollie University. That's all I know about skateboarding. I don't... That's like, what are some other things? Uh, Kickflip. Thank you so much, audience member. Really should have... I really should know that. I'm wearing my... I'm wearing my Cyberdyne Systems t-shirt tonight because it was announced that Arnold will have a part in Terminator 5. Can we clap for that? I'm very happy about that. That made my day. That made my day. I love uh, those movies, and I love that actor. I like, I like uh, your former governor. He's an all right dude, and he's got a lot of biceps and attitude, and he's a, and he's a robot from the future, and he's going to kill us or save us. It, doesn't, it depends on which time we're talking about, but either way, he's going to be there when we're at our lowest or highest. He'll be driving that motorcycle, either chasing us or carrying us away. One of those two things. He'll be there. And he's uh, pointing a giant phallic gun at us now on a lot of billboards next to Johnny Knoxville. Okay. I'm a little... That got a little deep in the Arnold well. And I don't care. Because you should know more about him. And if I lost any of you there, what, is, what are your lives? <laughs> What's going on with you? Are you guys okay? What did you say? When does... I don't even think it's been uh, filmed. I think, but I like that you're on the. You love the Terminator movies. I like how invited you feel to this show. <laughs> you are invited. Tell me more. You were just watching the other day. Well, listen, I may or may not have several pre-rehearsed bits on this, so please tell me what interesting thing you were gonna say about this. 
I mean, not literally not on this, but I just didn't realize. I didn't even know I was going to talk about that. I was just wearing this T-shirt. And then you, hacky sack guy, you were like, let me engage you on it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, son. Let me engage you on it. Like, you don't even know who you're talking to. Um, it's tough. I know we haven't met, but you don't understand the depth of my... Uh, which movie's your favorite? You like two? That's interesting. That says a lot about you. He likes Terminator. He likes Terminator 2, so that tells me you're like a pretty obvious person impressed with groundbreaking facial morphing technology there before only used in Michael Jackson's black and white video. But I'm not that kind of a person. Not interested in the obvious. Sir, I'll anticipate your question and I'll answer it ahead of time. My favorite Terminator film is the not oft scene Terminator 3. Yeah, clap if you like this movie. There's gonna be like two people. There's gonna be two. I don't care. I don't, you can't hurt me on this, audience. Wow, that's right. Yes. This is a very, this is a very, what's great about this is we're recording this as a podcast and you guys aren't mic'd. So for the people at home, it's just gonna be like, what's happening? Is she having a seizure? Because I keep breaking to acknowledge you guys and it just seems like, uh, Maybe I haven't had enough caffeine, but I've had a lot, and so that's actually why I'm noticing all the things. You're, I'm kind of scanning the room right now a little bit like a Terminator and sort of zeroing in on the sounds you're making, and then I'm going to be able to, to say those into a phone later when I call your step-parents or whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. I'll be the step... You'll be the kid. is the best movie of all time and I'll tell you why here's why I love it that first of all has a female Terminator insiders like myself would call her the Terminatrix she's amazing I love her she's ama here's why I love her uh, yeah she also number one she wears a red leather outfit okay given number two uh, her arms can change into guns and knives and she could shoot or stab you at close range but when she's pulled over by the police she makes the decision in the moment to grow her breasts and sexy herself out of a speeding ticket. I like that she's a lady with a broad range of skills! Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, sure, she could shoot or stab you, but she's gonna use her, she's gonna use her womanly... It's just a buffet. Do you understand? And she can pick or choose how to defeat you, and it doesn't have to be with violence, but it can be also, depending. And the actor who played the Terminatrix, a gentleman in the audience, yelled out her name earlier. That's Kristana Loken. I love that actor. Uh, she also had a bit part in the television series The L Word. Now, if you're a lady who dates ladies like myself, uh, The L Word is a little bit like the Bible. It's like you don't have to agree with its teachings, but you have to know about them. That's what it's like. That's what The L Word is like. I, I wanna, I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna include something here. Cause I feel like it might be weird. I don't, I went to a dinner party. There's a character on the television show, The L Word, uh, called Shane. And uh, she's like a, kind of a, she, we're the same gender? She and I are the same gender? That might, I know there's a lot of straight, are there any straight people here? <laughs> Couple people. This is safe space. I don't want you guys to feel you can't, this is a, I'm a, I'm a straight advocate of anything. I've been to many straight weddings. I've, st I've, I've stood up in straight weddings and I said that I don't like to look at this, but I want you to know, I, I think we should have all equal rights. You know, so I've said that to my sister while she was marrying a man. It was hard that day. It was tough. 
But the character Shane from the television series, the old one, she's like my same gender. And when I first saw her on uh, television, I like just couldn't believe it because she was like the first person I ever saw representing like my internal jean jacket. Like she was the first person <laughs> where I was just like, like, because I do this thing where I talk to chicks where I lean. When I'm talking to chicks that I'm interested in, first of all, I drop my voice. Second of all, I lean back. Like to whatever's around. Like, if I, like, I will lean all the way to the... I don't know what it is, but I just lean on whatever, like, on a stool or whatever, just like, hey, what's going on? I just lean... I start leaning, like, just, just leading with my uh, pelvis, or non-dick, as I call it. Um, I just lean back, and I impress ladies, and she's the only other woman I, I had ever seen do that at the time, like, that character on that show. She didn't... As I was, when, I, when I was visiting L.A. before I moved here, I went to a dinner party of, like, ten people, and when I knocked on the door, that's who answered the door, was... Uh, was the woman who plays that character on that television show. And, like, I think it was a little bit weird for her. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Finally, somebody else that's my gender, you know? <laughs> I was like, I got you on this one. Um, but, oh, okay, Kristana Loken. There's going to be an end to this. I wasn't anticipating talking about this, but there, this, but you're going to, sir, who yelled out her name, wait, hold on to your uh, dick. Loken. Are you, are you stealing Loken? Like she's an NBA <laughs> basketball player. That's cool. All right. Um, that gal. So she, I like her from, from Terminator. I like her from the L word. I used to date this woman who was who South African. What? You should already be clapping. That's very exotic and foreign. <laughs> I used to date this woman who was South African. Her visa ran out. She had to return home to South Africa. I spent one month living with her and her family in South Africa. What? That's what I'm talking about. One day we woke up. She was like, what do you want to do today? I was like, I don't know. What do you want to do today? She was like, I know this beach in Africa, where there's a natural population of penguins. I'm serious. Like, they just swim up from Antarctica and like, no, we'll stay here in Africa. This makes sense. And it's not even like that particular beach. It's not even like the penguins are cordoned off, like on a petting zoo. It's like humans are surfing on penguins. Penguins are surfing on humans. The whole thing is very Pixar. If I could take you to that moment, my ex got a call from a bunch of her friends. They're like, what are you doing? She's like, we're at the penguin beach. They show up. A friend of my ex's friends, I swear to God, Kristana Loken. Now, I know that only matters to me and that dude right there, but like the question that I pose to you, audience, as a group of my friends, is at one point when meeting a new friend that you have to kind of casually hit it off with, do you let that person know in conversation that you own them as an action figure? <laughs> Like, when do you bring that up? <laughs> I'll tell you when. Uh, I didn't say a goddamn thing. I kept my mouth closed. It was Africa. It was hot. There was penguins everywhere. We totally bonded. Also, because of the heat, she took her top off. She was only wearing bikini bottoms. At the end of the day, uh, she gave me a goodbye hug. She had not put her top back on. Do you want... I'm a 31-year-old person. Already I've achieved this. Topless Kristana Loken, Terminatrix, African Penguin Beach Hug. That's the best day of my life. There's, it's all been downhill for that. I, I peaked. I already peaked. Well, you guys are you're a great crowd, and we have an awesome lineup for you tonight. I'm so excited about this particular lineup. These are these are really amazing comics. Uh, so you're gonna make it nice and and, and noisy and, and loud for them and welcome them to the stage. Am I right? You are. Yeah. Am I right? Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, Los Angeles. Uh, this first comic, I had the pleasure of working with him this past weekend in the, at the the Hideout, which is a great which is a great uh, rock club and bar in Chicago, and it was just like so so awesome that he was able to come by tonight. He's got a new show here in LA. It's a transplant of his old New York show, which is a great show, and you guys should check that out. That's every Monday night at the Virgil. Let's hear it right now for Mr. Kurt Bronneler, guys. Give it up for Kurt. <laughs> Yeah. 
Thanks, everybody. Thank you. How's everybody? Good? Good? I, uh, I, was <laughs> I was feeling a little weird today, so I don't know how I'm going to go. I was feeling weird, and I didn't know what it was. Um, and then I realized it was because I hadn't heard a fucking Mumford & Sons song in like 20 minutes. <laughs> then I heard one, I was fucking fine. I was fine after that. <laughs> I, uh, guys, I just want to say, if there's any justice to the world at all, when they pitched that show Californication, I just hope that one coked-up dude walked into a TV network executive, slapped him in the face, and just went, The Sex Files, and gave him the finger, and walked the fuck out. <laughs> I, uh, I recently realized that, uh... Don't ever race a dude driving a PT Cruiser. Because that guy has got nothing to lose. Don't even look at that guy. He is at the end of his rope. Just drive away. <laughs> Guys, I got 99 problems. And I'm honestly a little overwhelmed. <laughs> That's pretty dumb. Let's see what we're doing. Uh, so, guys, do you guys know that um, Glade? <laughs> Glade just came out with Clean Linen Glade. Clean Linen Glade. What are we doing, Glade? Are we playing the game anymore? Like, Glade's purpose is to make a public restroom smell better, right? And I don't know about you guys, but... People bring their A-game to public restrooms. Like, it's not... Like, if it was a polite shit, you would do it at home. You know, it's just like, oh, this is happening now! And Glade's answer to that is sheets. You know, like, when you make your bathroom smell bad, you just go in and hang up a duvet cover and a pillowcase. <laughs> You know, when somebody shits the bed, you're like, all I smell is sheets in here. Uh, just get back to me, Glade, when you want to do burnt match, Glade, and then we'll know that you're fucking serious. Uh, I spend a lot of time in airports, and I fucking hate them. I'm usually a nice guy, and going into airport makes me hate everybody. Like, do airports are horrible on every level. Like, do you guys remember train stations? Do you remember train stations? Train stations, that's right. Train stations were built as cathedrals to human ingenuity. And then we got to airports and we're like, eh, fuck it. Let's make it look like the maintenance hallway of a mall in 1984. Like Terminator 2 is gonna start up at any point. And then you walk into the airport, the only things you can eat are Sbarro and fucking Cinnabon. Sbarro, which is an Italian, means don't put that in your mouth! And Cinnabon, the only food 1,000 times smells better than it tastes. That was an aphasia sentence there. Don't gloss over that. Uh, and then when I get, like, right when I get in line uh, to, at, at the airport, I immediately get, like, panicky, uh, like, for security. Like, my immediate thought is, like, oh, no, I hope I didn't 
pack my gun that shoots drugs. Like, I don't even have one of those. I don't have one, but I get worried about it. Uh, and then just here's something that makes the security line goes better. When you get to the round thing that nobody knows what it does, but someone's looking at you naked, when you get to that thing, you just say, uh, I'll opt for the free buy massage. And mispronounce it like that, a little swallow it a little bit, and they'll be like, what? I'll be like, I want the free body massage. And then eventually they'll bring you over to the guy, and his first question is going to be, do you know how this works? And you go, oh, yeah. And then as he gives you the pat down, just moan just a little bit. Just breathe through your nose. And, mm, mm. Mm. If we can all do that, all of us, this thing will disappear. Um, okay. Okay. I'm going to get off the stage. I want to tell you guys about this. So I've been obsessed with this idea of how can I insert stupidity or absurdity into strangers' lives? Because I think it makes the world a better place. And the way I've been doing it up till now is I've been going into pharmacies, buying a bunch of greeting cards, taking them home, signing them, and then putting them back on the shelf. Uh... I've also been going into like um, bookstores and taking books down off the shelf and signing them uh, from the author to whoever buys them and putting them back on the shelf. Like for a girl with the dragon tattoo, I just wrote, hope you enjoy my book. Also, sorry all the rape. And then Stieg Larsson, put it back. Uh, and then a Clive Cussler book, I like took it out and wrote, uh, Jive, Hustler, Clive Cussler. And I put it back. <laughs> And I've also been going on to Wikipedia pages and altering pages of animals with fake facts I've made up about those animals. Uh, for instance, on the parakeet Wikipedia page, you'll now find the fact um, parakeets are known as budgies or keats or shut the fuck ups. <laughs> or uh, uh, parakeets live for approximately 15 human years or one million parakeet years. <laughs> A horrifying existence. So, so my next step in this whole project is that I realize I'm only affecting like a few people at a time. And so what I want to do is uh, I've started a Kickstarter. It's going to come out hopefully tomorrow. Uh, to, uh, I want to raise at least $4,000 so that I can write stupid shit in the sky with clouds. Okay? So... If I can raise, because for $4,000, I can hire a skywriter, and he can write a 10-character sentence. Not 10-character word, 10-word sentence, 10 characters. So for four, I know $4,000 seems like a lot of money. Maybe you'll get you out of debt. Maybe it'll solve some weird disease nobody knows about. But I'm asking you guys to donate to me $4,000 so we can just write, how do I land in the sky? <laughs> I hope you'll donate. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, hi, Kurt Brummel. Hi, hello, Cameron. How are you? I'm good, how are um, you? Welcome back to Los Angeles. We were in Chicago over the weekend doing shows together. You were fantastic. Thank you, so were you. I'm so glad that I finally got a chance to see you do like a full, I don't know where you, if you were doing 45 or, or whatever the yeah, length of like says. That. Because I'm used to seeing you as a host. Like, I'm not used to seeing you do that much time. And I know... You guys just you and Kristen, Shawl. Your your who? Your uh, Shawl, Kristen. No, it's called Shawl. Oh, Shawl. Okay. A lot of people yeah. misunderstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
You guys just brought your New York show, Hot Tub, out here. Yes. How many shows have you had so far? Uh, we've had three, I think. Yeah, three. How does it feel? It's doing, great. Doing it here versus New York, is there is it there different? There is not. Similar? There is the audience-wise, it's not much. It's not very similar. Actually, no. It's they're super warm crowds. Yeah. I think people who like comedy are people who like comedy. Uh, right. And so it doesn't really matter where they live. Right. And so, and all the shows have been sold out, so it's been really fantastic. I'm going to put a mint in. You should. Because I get paranoid. You should put a mint in. Yeah, no, you're, you sound, you I'm smell, you smell beautiful. And probably I I'm don't smell beautiful. I'm talking to your beautiful. face. You, you smell, smell fine. You um, smell beautiful. You know what I think might be great in terms of trans- transitioning that show to L.A. is that you already have the experience in New York. That venue that you guys had there, remind me of the name of the venue in New York. Uh, Littlefield. Littlefield, hey, Chris, is uh, like an awesome venue, but it's not... It's cool in part because it's like in an industrial, right? And that's off kind the of, beaten path. People right. had to make the choice to come to that show. Like exactly. you're not going to fall into that show walking through Central Park, right? And Kristen and I. Well, there's not many shows other than the Rabbit Hole show that's famous in Central Park that you can literally <laughs> fall into. There's not many shows in Central Park, but yeah. that one's a great right. show. Right. It's just for woodland creatures. I we wanted to do exactly what we did in Brooklyn, which was. We found this place, Little Field, that was brand new. It had been only open like six months. And it was a music venue. And we uh, started doing comedy there. And then very quickly after that, it kind of became a place a lot of different shows would do comedy. Yeah. Um, but it always felt like our place. And it kind of felt like it was a destination. You have to go down a creepy block to get there. There's and, like one um, good taco place around the corner. And that's yeah, like the that's only it. thing around there. Yeah. Yeah. And that area is probably going to come up soon. But. Um, and we were really lucky to find the Virgil, and it had been open for about six months, and it is on a very creepy corner. Yes, it is. Um, and uh, and they were primarily doing music before we did our show in December there. And are you guys having musical acts on your show here, like we you are. did? We had Islands. Um, I don't know anything do about. Do you know the unicorns? Music? Do you know the unicorns? No, I'm the okay. worst. Just name other things. You could literally name anything. I wouldn't know. Uh, if it was a band. Do you know the flying squirrels? No, that's I'm just, just, name just naming that's making, animals. I'm just making things up now. Well. I I can't wait to come out and see and see you guys do your thing. Please here, do because I was a huge I, fan of what you guys were doing. In your thank you. I want to get my hair cut like yours. You have a kind of a side swoop. I have a side swoop, but you have so like a like side swoop that like it just, just grows. It just stops. keeps it just going. It's we also have cool. it. We have like the same part. We have the exact same wait, part. So it's. But if I could grow my hair like that. Where it's like almost, it's not a, it's a side mullet, it's right? A side mullet, yeah. Yeah, I I'm love pretty it. sure I could give you some tips and tricks about you, how to grow my yeah, hair. Yeah. I'll send you uh, like a, an itemized spreadsheet. Oh, thank God, because like, I yeah. have such a hard time growing <laughs> hair. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Thanks for coming by. Have a great session. Thank you. You gave him five dollars. The hacky sack shoe guy handed five dollars to professional comic Kurt Brommeler about a joke Kickstarter. Oh man, you got had. But slash, he did that show for free. So way to go and carry it for everybody. Let's hear it for that guy. He's doing our show for free. You're paying him for his jokes. He's, he deserves your money. He does not need to tell you anything. <laughs> I want you to stop talking for the rest of the show. <laughs> 
I like you, and you've been great up until this point, but I do think I, I set the tone that it was like a moderately interactive show, and you guys know you're not that heavily mic'd, right? And this is all being recorded, and it's going to uh, sound just super fucked up. It's going to sound like the w- uh, worst uh, podcast of all time. It's going to sound real weird and bad. Uh, I should just start micing individual audience members just to get your audible reactions to things like, oh, that was funny, because that happens at shows. That does happen a lot. I'm not necessarily always an, uh, an audible laugher, but sometimes I just go, nice! Sometimes I do that, which is a real stop it, is what I say to myself. I say that uh, not as much as this happened to me on the airplane coming back uh, from, uh, from that show in Chicago with Kurt. I was on an airplane seated next to a woman, and uh, I was listening to the in-flight entertainment system on my earbuds, and she said, uh, like, or something. I don't know what she said. So I took my earbud out of my ear, and then she just put her earbud into my ear. <laughs> and was like, I'm hearing a pop, pop, pop. She said that quickly. Like, I, I, was, enunci- I was slowing that down for you guys. The, the, the part about she said, I'm hearing a pop, pop. Because the second she tried to put her earbud into my ear, I actually slapped her. <laughs> it was just a it was just a renegade hand that I didn't expect somebody to put to be putting something in my ear and I went no and I slapped her in the hand and then we sat next to each other for four hours <laughs> so that was a terrible thing I'm trying to recover from it oh we've got a great well I'm so excited about these uh, about these next performers I'm gonna actually do this I'm going backstage I'm getting another microphone because this is important and look at that you guys didn't even the audio people can't even know that anything happened uh, these next performers they have a a great show that they do here monthly at the UCB. It's the last Saturday of every month, which means that for the people that are seeing this right now, it's uh, this Saturday. And the people that are listening at home, just look at a calendar. Um, also, <laughs> they used to run a great show in Boston. It was the first place I ever did stand-up was their show. So you should give them an extra round of applause because they're amazing. Also, this guy would never have been possible without these guys. Let's hear it right now for the Walsh brothers. Come on, give it up for them. Come on. What's up, motherfuckers? I uh, started a Kickstarter up, backstage to, uh, to get this guy's $5 back. <laughs> That's a Kickstarter I started. We had a uh, curtain, like one of these figure fours. He's like, ah! Give him his five dollars! So I have your five dollars. <laughs> You're not getting it back. Uh, you gotta go through us. Let's see. It's we picked be- the wrong night to do our sleight of hand routine. It's all mime stuff. It's good to get out of the, uh, the house. I have a... Uh, <laughs> my God. About nine months ago, uh, I went to a haunted house um, over on Vermont... Uh, in Hollywood for uh, those at home listening. And uh, some people call it uh, Planned Parenthood. And uh, tried to get condoms, got condoms, went home, stuck my evil in my wife. And uh, I now have a newborn at home. Uh, It took, the evil took. (laughs) It did. That kid is fucking brutal. She's got... Every day, have a brood. every day, about four times a day, I watch actual shit come out of an actual asshole. <laughs> live, in person, live shit, just fucking Play-Doh Fun Factory, just coming. He's coming. talking about me. Right. 
The kid doesn't shit. I come shit. over and I shit yeah. his face. Um, so, uh, 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 the guy uh, who likes uh, Terminator uh, uh, 3. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, so, some background on us. Laugh. My brother and I, uh, we were born and I'm raised. I'm his brother. Yeah, it's him. We were born and raised in the movie The Town. Uh, we come from the town, the town. Charlestown, Massachusetts. We are town. Ben Affleck directed Ain't our up. upbringing. Yeah. Thank you. A couple of townies. Um, this guy right here. When people find out we're from the town, they want to know if we're bothered by the way townies are portrayed. Hey, aren't you a little upset that they made everyone from your town look like real pieces of shit? We're always like, nah, they got it right, actually. <laughs> we thought it was a documentary for the first 30 minutes. Could have made us look a little worse, yeah. in my, my estimation. Um, it would have been fine. We do a lot of comedy, and, and people think that comedy is our first love. It's definitely not. They look at us like, comedy's your first love? It is love? not. That should be clear by now. Right. <laughs> comedy is not our first love. Our first love is home invasions. Comedy isn't even our second love. Not even close. Second love is Dean Koontz. <laughs> He's our second. Third love, Davey? Dean Koontz novels. That's right. Fourth love is Hot Muff. We love our Hot Muff. There's a lot of Hot Muff in There's here. There's tons of Hot Muff. I saw this Muff walk and I'm, in. And I'm talking about me. Yes. It's very uh, nice. I'm like a Persian mermaid down there. That is. Uh, it's really nice. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Um, our fifth love, our, it, because it's seasonal, is Haunted Houses. Uh, as right. mentioned before. They're not always seasonal, though. No. As this story we're about right. to tell will show. Right, and as Planned Parenthood proves, um, open year round. We went, uh, we are from the town, and, and uh, our parents, they're, uh, they're snowbirds. They go to Florida uh, every year. And uh, we went Several down to visit months. them last year in February, and we kind of got bored at some point, and they're in central Florida. So we, we were looking for things to do. We made our do. way up to Orlando, and... Uh, More particularly, a town called... Old Town. Old Town, Florida. Old we made Town, a Which is Florida. like a small section of Kissimmee. Which you could call any town in Florida Old Town. Yeah, it's... <laughs> they should have called this town Dead Town. <laughs> right. That's what Welcome to Dead Town. We, uh, we found ourselves... The guy who says that just kills over and dies uh, right after he tells you. We, we found ourselves in this town, and um, it was kind of this shitty town that has, like, some amusements and stuff. Like, if people get sick of Disney or if they can't afford it, they'll find them way into this, and they do, like, an antique car show every night. It's basically a strip mall yeah. with teacups right, and bumper cars. And, uh, and then they have, like, a local Bennigan's or, uh, you know, a Radio Shack, and it, it is a strip mall. And then sandwiched between, like, an ice cream parlor and a place called Knives and Things... Things, uh, things just stood for more knives. Right. They should have called it knives and knives. They should have just called it knives and just saved time. Save yourself an ampersand. Because that's all it was, was knives. That's my policy. So we went in, we bought a couple of butterfly knives for oh, the... Oh, yeah. Uh, you always got to buy a butterfly for knife. For the protection. <laughs> and, usually, uh, you, usually you do this and then you go, ah, shit, you got to pick it up, try it again. <laughs> then you have, like, cuts on your thumb. Because it's a butterfly knife. Who knows how to use one of those? Without practicing so, uh, and cutting your thumb off. We, uh, we found ourselves with our butterfly knives standing in the street, not knowing what to do, but sandwiched between those two places was an actual haunted house that was open year-round. That's and right. It was we... somebody's dream to open a haunted house. 
in Florida. That's open every day of the year. Right. 4,000 scare feet of fun. <laughs> right. And it only costs $2.50 to go in. Which is perfect. Right. We in, had $5. Earlier in the day, we had met this guy, and he randomly gave us 5 bucks. That's right. So we were up on the day. So we found ourselves in front of the place. For our haunted house We go up to the bulletproof glass that, that was the You know, like you have at a haunted house. Right. Which and nobody was at. Nobody was there for a while. Until eventually a guy had been hiding under the desk. And he rose up like this. Ooh. Eyes bugging out. A lit, like he had dark circles under his eyes. Right. He looked jaundiced. For anybody he listening, he was way home, too old to be working at a haunted which house. There are or maybe none. just old enough. He kind of looked like Paul Bearer from the WWF. <laughs> Perfect. In the 80s. And this guy's like, Hello! Would you like to come in? We're like, Yes, we'd love to sure, come yeah, in. Sure, yeah, sure. Uh, five bucks. Five dollars, please. So we slid underneath. And then he delivered a great line to us. He's like, Well. Let me get it ready. And then he, and then he disappeared behind a curtain. I think he kind of hissed. And disappeared for ten minutes. We're like, he was gone. This place was open. What did he mean by let it, me get it ready? Did he, did he have to like crank it up? Right. Or poke the werewolf? Tell the, ah, ah, the stairs. Skeletons on a smoke break. All right, Dave, we're getting the cell phone. We've got to speed it up. So... Back in the 80s, they used to hold up a rotary phone for comics. We, uh, we eventually, the guy came back, and he's like, please come in. So we walk in, and there's a set of stairs, and it's a strip mall. They built a haunted house in a strip mall. And we walk up the set of stairs, and there was nothing we creepy stairs, or like scary about this haunted house. There was nothing that lended an element It's a little of... bit creepier in here, to be quite honest with you. Right. There were incandescent lights on, fluorescent right. lights, and, and the... The, uh, the, the floors didn't creak. And they were well carpeted. And we're just making our way right. up the stairs. And in the absence of creep, it was actually kind of creepy. creepy. We didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. So we get to the top of the set of stairs. There's just a long hallway. We're like, this is the worst haunted house in the world. But because it had nothing going on, it just lent more questions into our head. Like, what the fuck is going to happen here? Are they just going to keep, keep us here for the rest of our lives? We had no... So we start making our way down the hall, and there was a painting. And then in the painting, uh, a little door opened up very quickly. And a guy popped out, out, and he said, boo. Which That's is like it. the least scary thing you can say to somebody in a haunted house, but it scared the shit out of me. It's like if I had popcorn, it would have been everywhere. And he, he scared me. And then we go down the hall, and we get to another painting. Same exact thing. Same thing. Pops out. Boo. Got me again. <laughs> But it was then that David noticed that and guy, said aloud... The guy popping out was the guy who took our money from downstairs. <laughs> We're in a haunted house. We're one fucking maniac. There's no one else There's working there. three of us in a haunted house. In February. Two of us who have paid. <laughs> so finally, when he popped his head out and he disappeared behind, I was like, hey, we know it's you in there. And there was a pause, and then he said, so... <laughs> Then he stuck his hand out. He's like, "Keep going!" <laughs> like this Urging is fucking us on. bullshit. But what then the... he didn't scare us again. But what the fuck did he mean by "Let me get it ready"? Because it was just him. I think it meant he had to stretch out. Right. I think he went back to talk to some guy, and the guy just took off. And he's like, "I gotta fucking do this thing alone." So the guy 
makes his way down the hall. We could hear him in the walls. Because it was so shitty, you could hear him just. And the plywood is bowing and stuff. And uh, and he makes his way down, and he didn't try and scare us again. There were no more scares. There was a set of I think scares. It was he lost his. We could will. tell we're emptying out towards the front of the haunted house. We get down to this room, and there's a coffin. It's the only element of creepiness was this right. coffin. Right, I was like, I, I've been in a few haunted houses. That sat on top of an altar. It's gonna open. Paul Bearer is gonna be in there. Right, usually be on the. So outside. it opened up. Didn't even creak. It was well oiled. <laughs> opened up. No one was in there. Lackluster haunted house. We go to walk away, stroll back out into the streets of All of a sudden, the front of the altar just slams down. Bangs open. Spring loaded. This maniac is in a crouch. (laughs) He's got an electric kitchen knife. He's got (laughs) blood all over his face. Which he didn't have before. No. need to point that out. Field suicide attempt. (laughs) And he chased us into the streets. Get the the fuck out of Florida! Into the streets! And we were screaming like madmen. Like it was the Florida kitchen knife massacre. We felt like complete fucking idiots sitting on the street. We had to collect ourselves. It was a Tuesday at 11 a.m. in February. <laughs> and we're screaming. We didn't know what to do. No so idea. We reached back into our pocket, pulled out five bucks, and went through again. Except Thanks a lot, everybody. We we're the Walsh Cameron. brothers. Thank you. Back to Cameron. What's up, Brothers Walsh? Not much. How are you? I'm pretty good. Do people know that we just went on stage, or is this kind of being Sometimes we cut it in in a... We'll we'll cut it in at the end of your set, yeah. If we we use it, we don't use everybody's interview. um, Because... Let's hope people make it this far. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're not, like, hitting forward to the next track or whatever it is. Right. I don't know about these guys. I don't want to hear anymore. We're not selling anything. No, no. It's... But there could be one person who really likes Dean Koontz. Yeah. Suffer through the rest of the set. <laughs> He's like, I'm into it. I love that haunted house story. Actually, I think that I think that yeah. shit's really funny. It was a fun one. Um, I've had a lot of great times in haunted houses. Yeah, I believe that about hmm. you guys. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I believe that you have had many. It's one way outside of taking drugs and jumping out of a plane to get your <laughs> adrenaline going. That's true. You know? I can't do. I can't do anything you scary. Can't really? I can't do scary movies. Really? I and I love like action movies. Yeah, yeah. Like I can deal yeah. with anything. Uh, where there's like, let's say there's aliens or punching, totally into it. Murderers and lurking, yeah. can't do it. Can't yeah. do lurking. But they, but they have tone. real murderers. No, no, you, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. Yeah, yeah. You you're not have, breaking this to me. You have yeah, a problem with tone. That's true. Right. Yeah, I need it to That's be kind of okay. upbeat, like yeah. we're all killing each other, but yeah, we're right. having fun doing well, it. If there's yeah. a lot of guns and there's a lot of stuff going on, chances are you're not going to really be surprised by anything like that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I want to talk to you guys about one thing. Yeah, before sure. we Anything. stop recording this, which is, uh, do you know? Because I introduced you guys like this, but do you know that your show was the first place I ever did stand up? I, I think remember, I've said that to you guys that. before. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That is so funny yeah, to me. It was me. exciting. It was very exciting. Well, you were doing improv. I was doing do improv, improv. Yeah. And I came up if you asked us or what was I, the, what I was the main show? Because you did Thursday. So I did right? like you... theater sports at, at oh, Improv that's Boston, and theater then you guys were running the Great and Secret we show, which followed theater, theater sports. sports referees, but yeah. they wouldn't let us. That's, so we had to do. We our had own the shirts. Show. Well, we got you our guys own were show. like the cool, untouchable dudes. Like Come nobody <laughs> from the rest of the improv community. Well, because you were packing the shit out of that show, yeah, yeah. and it was like a crazy show. You guys would give out free well, beer. It was free, and we were giving out free beer. I mean, it's a no-brainer. If they made all the shows that improv Boston free with free beer but every show would be packed also, with I mean, 13 year old kids <laughs> yeah. I also can't believe that I yeah can, I mean how about the idea of approaching the 
hottest show in town. This is what I did yeah. when I got on your show. I emailed the best show yeah. in the entire city of Boston to yeah, say, like, yeah. I want to do five minutes about my dad. All right. My first five minutes of stand-up ever <laughs> yeah. on, yeah. like, the, the greatest show that everybody has the most respect for. Right. Well, we, so we have seen you. you perform. You're welcome. Um, you it know, was our pleasure. Right. <laughs> and Boston's only so big. No, it's true. You yeah. know? So, and yeah. we knew that what you were, what you were going to do wasn't going to be something that we'd be disappointed well, in, whether it worked or not. It was going to be you right. doing your own and having your own voice. That being said, we did have a, a real open policy about giving everyone a chance. Yeah, like it wasn't like I mean I think Dave That's and I. That's not had, exactly yeah, true. It's, it's somewhat. It is somewhat <laughs> yeah, true. It is somewhat true. We gave people who cared a chance. Well, if you cared about comedy, then you got a chance. People who didn't care about comedy got chances. Now, where people you, who juggled where, got where chances. Where was your first set? Where did you guys do your first set as a duo? Because I know you weren't always doing as a duo on our show. Um, yeah, no, uh, was um, we hosted a place up in Haverhill, Mass. Somebody built like a small theater that they called a micro theater. Yeah. Wow. And we told a story together. And uh, this guy was watching. He was like, I'll give you your own show, but you just have to host it together. Holy shit. He didn't like us separately as individuals. <laughs> His name was Robin Horton, and uh, he yeah. had booked Catch a Rising Star. Like, oh, wow. Years ago and like, all those guys. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So, well, Janine. What's up to that dude then? Yeah. Oh my starting, God. Yeah. We love that guy. Yeah, yeah, we love him. He. I let him no, borrow. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. no what you're gonna say is way more interesting. No, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say an interesting yeah. thing about it because he's. We love a, him because he's a real character. Yeah, he's yeah. a great person, and he's great. To and us. He, well, yeah, and he he's gave really us great good opportunity. For us. And he, may, he, he, he allowed us to look at things in a different light. Yeah. That we didn't look at. You know, he kind of explained it to us that our show and our sort of sensibility was. A, sa- a sandbox. You know, we kind of looked at it before that as a straightforward stand-up is what it is and sketch is what it is. Yeah. And now we, what we tend to do is, and even back in Boston, we would do kind of weird sketches where Dave would be in a neck brace in the crowd and I'd be performing a regular stand-up routine. And then by the end, we'd be rolling around on the floor. We did this in Cape Cod once and nobody really got it. And like, we'd be like traveling doing <laughs> these like weird sketches. But he was the one who opened our minds up to the possibilities of being just performers and being Which is what you guys are so good at. Actually, and uh, I think I got to go out and host the rest of the show. But I want to <laughs> say one final thing, which is that there is a joke that you guys have about getting on a tandem bicycle yeah. while facing yeah. away from each other. No, facing towards each facing other. other. Facing yeah, towards yeah. each other. Yeah. 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 It encapsulates what we do. I think about this. I think about this. I think about that till this day. That's so funny. We we once had an industry person when, like, the joke killed, but then afterwards she was like, "Why does it have to face each other? Why does it?" And we just knew the disconnect. Right then, that kind of explains us both sides. Like, why we don't work? Right. Why why we never? Somebody wants that joke, and like, that's your. Why we haven't been commercially successful thus far. Uh, whatever, guys. Oh yeah. yeah. All, no, we're happy to be right where we are. Thanks yeah. for having. Thanks for thanks for talking. Guys, the Walsh brothers, keep it going for them. Come on. We are going to keep it right on rolling for you. This next comic is near and dear to my heart. He just moved here from Chicago. He's got a great record out on uh, AST that's called Tendrils of Ruin. Guys, let's hear right now from Mr. Dan Telfer. Give him some LA love. Welcome him to our city. Come on. Yeah, I uh, today is my two-week anniversary of living in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, I love it, and um, and like I've been here before. I've been I've been visiting here for years, but like people still have been asking me if I've seen any crazy shit. 
Yeah, like, oh, we live in that. I've tried to be cool. Like, I've, I've been out here a week at a time, right? Like, I've, I've seen some shit, like, every time I go. But I'm an idiot. Like, yeah, like, I've seen some, some weird dumb shit. Like, I know it's just the annihilation of dreams. I know that's basically what you have here. Um, but it wasn't until I got here for week two. Like, it wasn't until I'd actually been here two straight weeks that I fully appreciated the, like, recurring themes and, like, the, the greater things inherent in Los Angeles. So week one, uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery, 11 a.m., alone, sitting on a gravestone, just in quiet thought, in, uh, Spider-Man. He had his mask off. <laughs> and, like, for a minute, I was like, oh, is that the grave of... Oh, no, real people are buried here. Um, week two... I saw uh, Charlie Chaplin, full outfit, bowler hat, mustache, cake, makeup, a cane, sitting and crying on the lawn of the Pizza Hut Taco Bell on Vine in Lexington. (laughs) So now I'm going to see Shrek walking slowly into the ocean because L.A. is just like a more whimsical, cartoony version of an R.E.M. video, (laughs) as far as I can tell. Um, but I, I love it here. It's so fucking great. Uh, because I'm a vegetarian, and y'all actually eat your vegetables here. You just go to a restaurant, order vegetables. You don't have to tell anyone you're a vegetarian. Nobody gives a shit if you're a vegetarian here. That is such a welcome change of pace. I don't have to... Because I grew up in Chicago. Spent my whole life in Chicago until two weeks ago. Uh, and they... The ice cream has Italian beef in it, you guys. Like, <laughs> you have no choices. Uh, so it's great. It's really cool. Um, but like one thing I'm noticing that I really kind of miss is, um, you know, like the anthropomorphic food that you eat that's everywhere. Like, cause I like here you got little winky donuts and shit. Right. Um, and it's all over the place, but in Chicago, every city block has 10 different restaurants that have an anthropomorphic hot dog on it. Like that is more abundant. I've never seen more anthropomorphic food than Chicago has, but also they're all hot dogs. In Chicago, and there's just so many goddamn hot dog themed restaurants, and like they'll have little monocles and like little Chicago Cubs baseball jerseys on, and like you just start to get kind of like, was this like a lost like race that used to walk Chicago? <laughs> that does that's not here anymore. Um, but uh, there's this. My favorite was um, this place. It's still there. It's on uh, Diversity Parkway in Chicago. It's called Chipmunks. Um, so it's been around for about 20 years, and it was built in the uh, Silver Age of the Chipmunks. Because as you know, there's like the old Golden Age of the Chipmunks. They're like all black and white and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the 80s, there's the Silver Age. Where that's like what I grew up with, where Alvin had the baseball hat. And then now you have the, like, the Bronze Age, I guess. Was it's the CGI David Cross torture porn. Uh, but like... Uh, this restaurant was built during the Silver Age of the Chipmunks, and they've got this giant sign out front that is uh, capitalizing on the Silver Age. Uh, legally or not, we'll find out, I guess, if anyone important listens to this podcast. Um, but it is uh, Alvin, hand-painted on this big wooden plank, holding hands with a hot dog <laughs> that has arms, hands, legs, uh, also a blonde ponytail, googly eyes, big luscious lady lips, and breasts, like, coming out of the encased meat. 
That is some serious Mary Shelley shit, you guys. That is because that's meat that's been ground up and smashed together, put in like a pork intestine, and now it's walking around. It has feelings and it's dating Alvin. Um, and like, what I love about that is that it was built in the heyday in the Silver Age, and like there was a solid decade and a half where the chipmunks had no like pop culture cachet whatsoever, but people still had to come to work. Like people with really shitty jobs, just horrible wait staff jobs, just coming to work and going like, oh, fuck. Oh, are you serious? That shit is still here. There's, there he is. There's Alvin, the celebrity chipmunk, out in the town with his weird... Holy shit, what are you doing with that? Why are the breasts made of meat too? I don't, why, put a shirt on, lady, dog, god damn it. He's a weird little alchemist, and his weird meat homunculus is his girl. Thank God these movies are about to come out. I can't wait to see what Jason Lee brings to it. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I kind of, what I like about here, though, is the insane car people, because um, they're mostly all out on the road. Like, you know where to find them. Like, cross the street. Chicago, we have alleys everywhere. They're just all over the place. So I've been hit by a car like dozens of times. Like just so many times I've been hit by cars. Um, little, little hits, big hits. Um, and like most of them are the little hits where like I'll be walking out of an alley and you're just walking and the, the, the car is not looking but it's coming out of the alley and it hits you and you're like, what the fuck? And they keep driving. You're like, well, I guess that's the end of that story. And you've been hit by a car for the 13th time. Um, but, but like two weeks before I moved here, uh, I had a really awesome car accident happen to me. I got hit by a car. It was so great. Um, this is right before the holidays. So I come out of my apartment building, and a taxi's doing a three-point turn, and it backs into me. So, like, I'm coming out of my building, and he's already pulled into the alley, and he saw clear sidewalks. So I walk across the alley, and he is backing up full speed out of the alley. I look up just in time where all I can do is jump straight up and land on his trunk. And it was amazing. Because <laughs> I don't know, they don't teach you to do that. You just think that's what you're supposed to do. If a car is coming at you, I'll jump up and land on his trunk. And I didn't get hurt at all. And like, I got that amazing adrenaline rush you also get in a horrible car accident. Because I've been in some horrible car I, I've been in a car accident where like a tanker truck pulled over my car and slowly flattened it. And me and the, the girl I took on a date crawled out. And I started crying and I apologized to her because we were going to play pinball and that's a shitty way to have a date. Um, but uh, you get that adrenaline rush as it's happening where everything slows down and you feel invincible. And anything, it's like it's just little molecules just float across your eyeballs of dust and you're just like, oh. So I have that on this guy's trunk. Uh, I jump up and land, and my legs just, I pure coincidence, kind of like cross, kind of primly, like kind of like ladylike. And I just felt amazing. I was like, I'm not going to die. This didn't hurt at all. I don't even have a bruise on my bum. Like, this is fantastic. And I'm just like, God, I'm like a piano lass at a piano bar. I'm going to go sing a torch song. I'm just going to be that now. I'm going to just give up my gender identity completely. This is just me. This is, I, no one can hurt me right now. And I'm in this weird little fantasy world, and then I realize... He's pulling into traffic. He did not notice me land on his trunk. And we are now going 35 miles an hour down the street. Um, so I have to do something. I'm like, how the fuck didn't he see me? I'm this big six foot five guy. So I just go bam, bam, bam on his trunk. And he stops. 
And of course, driving a taxi, super shitty job. So what does he do? He gets out and he starts screaming at me right away because he's already had to turn his ass like of his soul inside out. And it's a little hate puppet of an anus now just screaming at me. And like I'm just like, oh, God, I'm trying to slink away. Like, oh, yeah, you totally hit me. It's totally your fault, but I hate conversation. And um, this amazing thing happened. So he's screaming at me. And I've had to, I don't know how to explain it. A couple of times in my life, I'd have, I just, homeless people will come to my rescue. And I don't know why it happens. Maybe it was how primly my legs were crossed. I look like a damsel. But sometimes, I always feel like I'm ending up like the protagonist in a Neil Gaiman novel. Like, I'm just like the schlub who's going to save the under people. But this guy, like, runs off the corner, and he's waving his squeegee in the air like a little paladin sword. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, motherfucker? You hit that motherfucker! Yelling at the cab driver. I'm like, yay, he's saving me! It was awesome. Uh, And again, this was two weeks uh, before I moved, so this was right before the holidays. So um, as I'm slinking away, (laughs) I hear him yell, yeah, he wasn't trying to start no drumming band back there. Parumpa pum pum, motherfucker. Because I was banging on the trunk and he didn't notice. And also, what's a drumming band? That's not a thing, and that's not what the little drummer boy story is about. But uh, I'm glad I got to leave the city in style and come out here, you guys. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. I don't even. I don't even know if he's telling me. I don't think. I don't think he moved here with a car. Dan, you didn't move here with. You didn't move here with a car, right? Just yell it. You didn't move here with it. I just got a bicycle and a bus pass. He's got a bicycle and a bus pass. Making his dreams come true. Just walking down the street in LA, a little tie on. Just, just making his dreams come true. I learned something this week. Uh, I learned that if you take a bunch of uh, non-drowsy medication. And then you just add whiskey. You'll be re-drowsed. <laughs> You'll be drowsy. <laughs> Feeling a little bit off because I, I, uh, I just have like a strange, a strange, uh, a strange, a strange stuffiness in my face. So I was taking a non-drowsy, and then I was, and then I was drinking the old uh, Jack Daniels. And boy, do I feel like not a person. You know what I mean? Have you ever done that, audience? So I learned that. I also learned that I'm terrible at makeup. Well, it's, of course I fucking knew that before. Like this, <laughs> I just, like, what am I into? Action figures, uh, punch, uh, movies where people punch. But nobody really seems hurt. It's my favorite kind of movie. Where everybody's like, no, no, we're all right. Get through this. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I like that kind of movie. Uh, but I don't love makeup, and I have two very girly sisters Heavens to Betsy, I'm in, I'm in the middle and I'm kind of the brother. Like, let's be honest, you understand what I look like in the things that come out of my mouth. I'm kind of the, like, I'm, I'm tough and I protect them by sending emails to their ex-boyfriends. <laughs> Stay away from my sister via the internet, I say to you. I'm a small person, but I can write a mean and wordy email. <laughs> so I'm kind of the protector, but they're like, they're like so, I have the girliest, like they're so, like one time I was supposed to do, I was supposed to do like early morning television uh, in Chicago, and I told my little sister, like, 
set your alarm for 5 o'clock in the morning. I will be outside your apartment, in my car, come in the car, bring your makeup kit, and put some shit on my face. Like, I don't even know what to call it. Like, when I wear a bronzer, I just, I feel like, I just feel like it, I fell in dirt. Like, that's what it looks like on me when I put it on myself. If I wear a lipstick, I just, I don't even know what I'm doing with my hands or what's happening, but I just somehow pull it down on either side of my lips. So I look like a ventriloquist dummy. Like, that's, like, oh, who brought this ventriloquist dummy to this wedding? What a formal affair for such an act. So interesting that somebody's doing vaudeville at this at, at their own sister's wedding, which I which was a straight wedding as I said earlier. So I'm trying to learn how to how to wear makeup. Uh, my sisters did my makeup over the weekend. Then I went to my shows and all and I hadn't been home in Chicago in, for, in a couple months. People were like, "Oh my god, Ellie, you look great. Ellie is like, it is opening your eyes, and you have such a cheekbone." <laughs> you know? I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. I. What is it? Like, what are you supposed to do with it? I, I just, I'm just glad that I have these sisters uh, in my life that keep me... That, like, I went on vacation with them over the summer, and uh, I went to pick them up. I had, like, one duffel bag with just, like, eight, like eight jean shirts and two jean shorts. <laughs> I just packed, like, eight jean shirts, two jean shorts, I'll be fine! And when I went to go pick them up at 7 o'clock in the morning, they were both already wearing sun hats that were so big they couldn't fit them in their bags. They were just like, we have to wear them! It's, a, it's a, like an urban sombrero, so. And then my older sister also had like rolling luggage. And I said, what is, we're going for a week, like what do you have in that rolling luggage? And she was like, well I brought a, I brought a, I bought a binder of CDs. Like, isn't that amazing? Think about that. Think about somebody today. This is now. This is like just a couple months ago, just being like, what do I need? Oh, a binder of seat. Like, but I will say, we listened to Hootie the whole time. Like, it was amazing. We listened to a ton of Hootie. We got my little sister hooked on some Dave Matthews. Other shit that happens on CDs. You understand? You guys, are you ready for your next comic? Yes, that's right. Yes, we can do this, UCB. Oh, keep it going. Let's hear from Mr. Ari Shafir, guys. Give it up for Ari. Very funny man. Happy to have him on the show. Let's hear for Ari. Nice. How are you guys? Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, I love her, by the way. She's like the hottest hardcore lesbian. It's like a new breed of lesbian. They're, you're clearly read as gay, but God, you're still fucking hot with your hot mullet. The whole thing she's got working. I'm so pro that. Uh, I made up a new word. Tell me what you guys think of this. The word is piños. It means a really, really intelligent penis. I'll use it in a sentence. I was going to have sex with that 22-year-old Catholic Latino woman without a condom, but then my penis couldn't get hard. Penis. I, uh, I was reading the Ten Commandments recently. It was the first time I've read them as an adult. Like, I, I, I don't know how religious you guys were, but I grew up Orthodox Jewish. We used to read it all the time, but I never really thought about it as a discerning, like, adult human being. I was bored. That's what I was reading. I was masturbating, and I was bored. <laughs> so I figured, bring out the commandos. Uh, but here's, how, here's the Ten Commandments. There are a list of rules that God gives, like your ruler gives you to live your life. This is the way you should live. Here's the first rule. It's obviously, do not murder. Uh, it's not that. The first rule is, I am the Lord your God. And I'm like, yeah, dude, everybody knows that. That's why they're reading the list. <laughs> Otherwise, no one would read it. It's not like it's just on the ground and somebody's walking by. It's like, what the fuck is that? 
don't know, some fucking list. Should we read it? Nah. Well, let's give it a chance. Read one. What? Oh, fuck. Guys, get over here. God wrote this shit. I'm so sorry I took it for granted. So, number two is going to be don't murder. Number two is uh, there are no other gods except for me. Number three is don't carve a bunch of wood to make it look like gods like me. At that point, I'm like, dude, are there a bunch of other gods? It sounds like there's a bunch of other way cooler gods than you that you're way too concerned with us finding out about. Who are these other gods? And I bet they all would have started with don't murder someone else. The whole thing. Don't murder is behind honor your father and mother. And the answer is no, I will not fucking honor them. They're old and they should move on. You can only use your computer. You're fucking done. Just get away from me. And then the other ones I couldn't understand was how come they have don't commit adultery and don't cover your neighbor's wife? Because that's like a two for one. It's virtually impossible to fuck her and only get one in there. <laughs> She'd have to be like disgusting. And you'd only be doing it to fuck with your friend. But like the whole time, you're like, just so you know, young lady, I am not into you at all. I've taken nine Viagras. That's the only way this is happening. You're disgusting. But I'm adulterizing the fuck out of you. I lost you all. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere in that. When I called the woman in the bit disgusting, that's what it was, right? Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I was camping recently, doing mushrooms in the woods, and, uh... Camping, I don't know if you've been to it lately. It's fucking, the whole thing is just a learning experience so you can learn more about camping. That's all they want to teach you is about how the Native Americans camped and everybody else camps. And you get out there and it's not that cool at all. You just have a tent near some fucking single mom and her daughter. It's really lame. And the mushrooms you want to do make you way louder than you should be running around all those people. One of the guys we were with freaked out. It was his birthday. He turned 26 and he realized he was with a bunch of drug addicts. And that made his trip turn way worse. And uh, he hitchhiked back into town from this uh, Malibu Creek State Park. He hitchhiked in, called, and said, hey, man, we can't be friends anymore. Our paths crossed for a little while, and now they have to go their separate ways. <laughs> We're like, dude, that's the mushrooms talking. He's like, no, no, I know what I've made a mistake. The only thing I really learned from this trip is I was walking along, and I saw a path that was, like, way less... Kathy, you know, I don't know, like trampled down. And I thought of that Robert Frost poem, Robert Frost poem. Uh, they're like two roads diverge in a woods and I took the one less traveled. But just from experience, let me just tell you, don't take the one less traveled. It's, it's way more uncomfortable. There's thickets that will scratch your legs. The one more traveled is way more consistent. That's why everyone has chosen that one. It's like you don't go on Yelp and be like, oh, 1,400 reviews. Well, let me do this one that has one review and says, my son is a great cook. You should eat there. Take the road more traveled. It's way, way better. God damn it. I was trying to remember all the things I wanted to do, and I forgot one of them. Oh, I don't remember one. Uh, here's what I do. I live on Sunset Boulevard, where there's a lot of hot women. Not Los Feliz hot. Really hot. Um, and when I pass a hot woman, I choose to not give them the satisfaction of looking at them. I know a lot of times they're waiting for it, where you pass by just a quick like, look, and you walk by, and they're waiting, so I don't give it to them. They walk by, I keep my face straight forward. I don't move at all, not even an inch until they're by. But once they walk by me, this is when I really creepily 
Just smell in. Just walk by and then just go. And that's how you own a bitch. I'll tell you this and then I'll go. I took an acting class once. I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm an actor, I guess. I'm, I don't really take any pride in it. I just do it for money. But, because uh, it pays way too good. Every actor thinks it's so fucking important. Uh, I told all the girls in my acting class that I didn't want to be an actor and they all got so mad at me. They're like, why are you in acting class then? If you want to be an actor, why are you in acting class then? I'm so angry about it. And I was like, well, first of all, because I've already had sex with like three of you. So right there alone. But it's like, I gotta be better at it, that's all. But they, here's what I hated, they take themselves so important. I was doing this scene once where I had to pretend like I had cerebral palsy the whole time. Uh, all right, yes. If you're not familiar with cerebral palsy, they're the king of the retards. They, uh, they're the rulers of that. I, that's not bad, I'm saying they're the best ones. They're clearly, of all the different types, they all look up to cerebral palsy, that's... If you got Down syndrome and you see a cerebral palsy guy limp by, you're like, fuck, I wish. <laughs> like the whole, all of them, the, the all head in a, in a wheelchair, you know, that guy with a shriveled up body that can only do this. The guy who only exists to make you feel better about yourselves. You don't think that guy sees cerebral palsy and goes, God, why won't you let me be him? All right, I don't want to get into an argument with you about the fucking <laughs> class system that I made up, but they're the best. <laughs> And if you know anything about cerebral palsy, their minds are all totally fine, but their bodies, like half their bodies, will tense up and then let go over and over again. Never stops. Uh, so at the end of this five-minute scene from doing this over and over again, I got really tired. I was like, ah, fuck. And then my teacher was like, it's hard, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, now imagine what it would be like to be Daniel Day-Lewis and have to do that every day for three months like he did on the filming of My Left Foot. And I was like... No, I, I think what you should have said <laughs> was, now imagine what it's like to have cerebral palsy. What the fuck are you talking about? Be Daniel Day-Lewis, that'd be awesome! That guy's so sweet! He probably has a hot tub inside his house, I would love to be that guy! All right, you guys, I'm done. Thank you very much, everybody. Guys, Ari Shafir. If you liked his stuff, he has a new special out that's called Passive Aggressive. It's at chill.com, and you guys should download that because that's how, do you understand how the internet that is? We should support comics who are taking it to the streets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I thought I was going to say thank you, one guy, but it was just Ari being like, yes! Please buy my special. But yes, buy your fucking special. How's it? I'm another guy too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's another guy also with a, like an equally bearded dude who's like, I support Ari, and I look exactly like him. Um, how's it going? How's your? Sp- is are you making a ton of money? It's making some. It's pre-order right now. It's pre-order right now. Yeah. When is it released? February fifth. February fifth. Well, let's hear. One more time for Ari, guys. Give it up for Ari. It's very exciting to be a comic now because we can really. Uh, we can really cut the middleman out unless you're this next comic. Because he's on Comedy Central tonight. Currently, right now. Guys, we don't need TVs. He's in front of our faces with his body. That's not projected from anywhere and no amount of tubes or flat things. What's in a flat screen TV? I, just, I think it's just other flat things. Um, no amount of tubes or flat things would require stuff from us. 
this is my TV intro about TVs. Uh, also, he had an amazing album that came out this year called Low Hanging Fruit. Let's hear it right now, guys. Let's hear it for Mr. James Adomian. Give it up for James. Come on. Come on. Cameron, that, thank you. I love going like, some comedians are cutting out the middleman, not this guy. Mainstream corporate hack. Hacking it away on televised media all over the world. Hi guys, thanks for having me here. I understand this is being podcasted, if I so decide to allow it. That, that may rest in your hands, fellows and ladies. Uh, um, I, I guess I, I, I say this obligatorily every time I get on stage. I'm gay. I'm a gay person. I'm like a grinder application that's broken. It's just be gay, 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 be gay. Um, by the way, can Grinder come up with a logo that's not a skull and bones for easy sex? Can that is that the worst possible slogan they could have? Hey, Grinder, death is next. Anyway. Um, I'm a, I'm, I'm a gay person. I say that because I don't... Uh, is anybody else here gay? Did I, I check that? All right. <laughs> a couple of quiet, formal gays raising their hands. <laughs> um, I say that because I don't necessarily scan gay, like in the supermarket checkout sense. Like, beep gay, beep gay. And it gets to me and they're like, oh, we got to manually key this one in. What's the gay price? Um... <laughs> But uh, I, I say that I, I, I don't mind straight people. I'm sure there's probably some of you here, right? <laughs> process of elimination. <laughs> the thought process is, oh, shit, I thought I was just normal. Yeah, I guess it's straight. That's what it's called. Uh, well, you guys are taken aback by that. <laughs> All right. The last 30 seconds is going. Um, dumping that. The <laughs> podcast appearance is now five minutes and, and dropping. <laughs> it's interesting to know that. Maybe I shouldn't know this. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I forgot where I was. Who cares? Let's abandon that line of failure. Uh, do you want to see me flog a thing? Oh, God. Guys, when I melt down, it gets violent. Oh, I was going to tell you a story uh, about this straight guy I worked with. It's, he remains in my head like my picture of how straight guys are assholes. Because women put up with an amazing amount of bullshit from men. Um, and I do the same, and I guess it's just because they're sweet, sweet assholes sometimes that we just do it. But I, I, my picture of masculinity, it goes back to this guy I worked with named Bob. And uh, he was a Bob. He was, his category was Bob, and his name was also Bob. He was like round, he was like conservative. He said, you say it like that. If you're really conservative, that's how you say it. And he would say things like, I don't care what you're doing in the privacy of your own bedroom. And I'm like, well, thanks for the generous carte blanche, Bob. Uh, he looked like a far side character, kind of. And uh, we worked at this fossil warehouse together, which I know is crazy. I should probably have talked about that first. It was a fossil warehouse. With, all my jobs are nuts. I worked in, get, well, gay bar is the most normal thing I did. And then I worked for spamming companies, like refunding people's money. And then I worked in a fossil warehouse. And uh, that was where we just like sent skeletons of dead animals to rich people who were like, I'm tired of all this marble. Way too much marble in my life. I want something that used to be alive. 
Give me a sloth. You got anything Triassic? Fuck. How about something late Pleistocene? Okay, I got a sauna. I gotta have my impress my second wife. So we were like driving a sloth skeleton across Redondo Beach, and Bob's like, "Jim, you ever give any thought to how you want to leave this world?" And I was like, "No, Bob, I can't say that I have. I'm 23." And he was like, "Well, I think about it a lot, and I tell you how I want to go." And I was like, "Well, what's what's this one?" And he goes, "Well, I want to I want to have a heart attack in the middle of fucking Christy Brinkley." And as I was thinking, well, that's probably a bad deal for her. He's driving, just looking down the road, going, well, probably a bad deal for her. Here she is, one of the top models in the world, and then suddenly she's got a dead fat guy on top of her, inside of her. So that's my lasting image of, like, a, a, a straight guy. Like, I'm going to inconvenience the bitches to death. Um, I got problems with uh, masculinity as it's presented to me. Uh, and the latest evidence of this is the ads for Dr. Pepper 10 that are on television for some reason. Like, I'm for freedom of speech, but there should be some czar to stop these ads. They have Dr. The slogan now for Dr. Pepper 10 is No Girls Allowed! What? Did they come up with an ad campaign in a treehouse? Why is it that a controversy? They were like, we know exactly who's going to be angry, a certain amount of liberals, and no, we don't care. It's still going to do very well. All women, half of guys, we're still going to do very well with one quarter of the population. And that's the the end. They're like, men only! And it's a diet soda drink. You're not bragging. And it's just, you're bragging about, it's ten calories, not two. Two calories is for pussies! Man up! Drink more aspartame, I guess. There's nothing to brag about. If you were like, it has the equivalent calories of a moose, freshly killed, and it's in a can, you might be like, step back, see if the guy can drink it. (laughs) Not ten. Ten is not an impressive amount of calories. Ten calories! Calm down, Genghis Khan. There's plenty of fucking sugar to slop down your throat as you waddle between matinees. Maybe that was harsh. Sometimes I see an ad on TV and it, and it works. Like I, uh, I saw the ad for Best Buy and I just went in there just because they looked nice in the ad. They were like a bunch of people, like a phalanx of five people at the front of the store going like, come into Best Buy, we're here to help you at the front of the store right now. And that's never the case when you go to Best Buy. I went there and going to Best Buy is the best way to convince yourself not to buy something at Best Buy. <laughs> There's a but there's people dressed that way, but they're just hiding. They're they're high on a nine keypad or something. And you can you walk up like you're gonna ask a, a question at a Best Buy? I don't know, man. I don't know. Why. <laughs> and then you go like I was looking at computers. I was in the market for a computer, not frivolous, frivolous, not frivolous. You know what I mean? <laughs> I went three months without a computer, like a wild person. Everybody's angry at me. When you reach this level of enlightenment, you're like, I don't need modern times. They're like, you're stopping all of our progress, personally. So it's like, all right, I'll get a computer. And I went to Best Buy, and the computers on display are awful. There's a computer screen that says, like, boot fail, impossible, disc erased. And it's a thousand and a half dollars. 
of course I won't buy that. And the one next to it is like, it's in McAfee virus hell, where there's like pop-up windows, like, virus, infected, the virus is a virus. McAfee is itself a virus. That's a revelation that you get to the top of computer nerddom, where they tell you that. Like at Freemasonry, if you get to the top, they tell you that Jesus is the devil. If you get to a certain level of antivirus technology, they're like, the virus is actually the same as the antivirus technology. It comes with a computer. And it sits around for two years. Guys, I've been overstayed my welcome. Thank you so much. I want to do one quick thing, if I can. I know, I know. I want to lure you into some false applause. Um, uh, this is a new impression I have. Uh, this, is, uh, this is my impression of Louis C.K. tucking in Mark Maron for bed. Just fucking sleep. Just, you, it's, there's nothing else to do. It's fucking negative day. I can't do it. I can't do it. What am I going to do? I go to sleep on the same guy. I wake up again. The sun is on the other side of the earth. All right. Then we'll work on it. Thanks, guys. Guys, James Adelman. So happy to have him. So happy to have him. We're also happy to have your final comic on this show tonight. Uh, you know him from Human Giant and Parks and Rec. Let's hear it right now, guys, for Aziz Ansari. Give it up for Aziz. He's, he's going to come out. There he is. He's, he's coming out. How are you? I'm good. How we are you? We haven't met ever before. We but, just met tonight, yeah, briefly. But it was nice of you to drop in on the show. Oh, thanks and for I having me. And I was thinking today, because I, I got the email from Alex Berg, who's the artistic director here, that you might come by. And I just was wondering, like, what are you? What are your days like? What are my days like? Yeah, what did you What did you do today? Today, what did I do? Today, I didn't have to... I, when I'm in L.A., I'm usually here for shooting um, Parks and Rec. Um, but today, um, I didn't have to film anything, but we had a table read, so I had to go do the table read. That's where we read the script, um, with all the actors before we film it, so that we we do a table read today, and then we film that episode next week, and each episode we film, it takes us like five days to film yeah. it. So we read next week's episode, and, um, that's all I had to do today, and then I was just doing some writing on some scripts and stuff, and listening to some stand-up sets, and then, uh, I ate some lunch. Um, and people were telling me that you would be And I went swimming, because it's L.A. <laughs> go swimming in January. Yeah, you can. Yeah. It was 80 degrees today. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's beautiful. Um, also, people were telling me beforehand, because I had you on the little lineup, so people were like, oh, Aziz has been popping around the city doing sets lately. I guess you've yeah. been around L.A. doing sets. What Are you prepping for something, or are you just looking to catch some sets? I just, uh, I'm just trying to write, uh, write a bunch of new material, and I just had some ideas, um, of stuff to write about, and so, you know, I just try to write, I try to do a bunch of sets when ideas are yeah. coming to me, I try to write as much as I can, and that do makes a, bunch, sense. a bunch of sets, yeah. Well, thanks for being here tonight. Yeah, sorry, sorry the, uh, people listening that, uh, the set's not on there, but... Well, tell me why. And not in a, not in a, like, accusatory way, no. but what, what are you... Why? What are you fucking Well, working? it's, you know, to be honest, it's, uh, I, I, I'm not, uh, really sure what the best method is to, to, to release, like, hold on, let's talk Just about one it. one second. We got a trash can There's rolling a down trash here. trash can is perfect. Hello, sir. Uh, well, tell the, me again. So, the model, kind of, I follow for, kind of, um touring and everything is uh 
I'll like uh, work on a bunch of material in New York and LA where I live most of the time and um, that'll become like a, an hour of material that I tour everywhere and when I do those tours you know it's like in a theater or something and people are paying a lot for a ticket or whatever and uh, you know I just don't want them to come and be like oh well I saw him do all those jokes yeah. on YouTube or I already heard all those jokes or whatever and now with like people videotaping your sets and everything it's very hard to kind of keep it fresh and I feel like when I go on tour I want people to kind of hear jokes for the first time and have that like laugh I like, totally understand what you're saying and I guess that actually is part of the idea behind the, the podcast is that there are are a million ways that things are distributed now like the YouTube like the YouTube uh, random audience member that's filming your shit and then puts it up do you do you find that do you find your own stuff on the internet sometimes um now when I go on tour we uh, we make an announcement and yeah and I know it's never coming from a bad place but you know if I do a show in Denver and you record the whole show yeah and then put it on YouTube then the guy that's seen it in Minneapolis if he like just YouTubes my name and watches the whole thing then he comes to the show and he's like oh I already heard all this. This is kind of a ruined experience. Any value to people listening to things again? I think comedy stand up in general or has like a less surprise. less replay value. And of course there's some people that come to shows that are like, hey, can you do that joke yeah. or whatever like that? But more people are like, oh, I've already heard that. Which I understand, but you know, the frustrating thing, the thing I kind of um, struggle to kind of get my head around is like the material I'm working on tonight there's some of the stuff I'm like super excited about and think it's like so like of the moment and really good but it won't really get out there for until when like I I haven't even finished the last tour I've done because I had to start filming parks so the tour I was doing buried live tour I need to tour that um whenever I finish parks in the spring so I have like Maybe like forty minutes of stuff that I won't even do on that tour. That'd be and that's for the already next set. Tour. Like you'll always do the same set every city you go to. I ha- it's almost like a play. Like it's like all right, this I, is that. I hear tour. that. How do you stay excited about it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I only do it for a few months, so it's not that long, right. you know. Uh, eventually, you do get tired of it, but so like I'll do it like for like a month or so whenever we're done. Yeah. And film it, and then I'll be done right. with it. Then I throw it out. And I know that you're working in a, a really large... You're generally working in really large venues, which is different than, like, if you're in a club. Yeah. I mean, but you're going to get a different type of energy. Like, you can get it from a club, but, like... Because you're touring... <coughs> you're getting, like, theater spaces and, and stuff like that. And yeah. So yeah. you're... You need to have, like, a stage show, almost like a Broadway play or something like that, as you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you got to have, like... it has like, to be, like, a show. I mean, people are paying a lot of money, you yeah. know? So it's, like, got to be, like, you know an hour show you know yeah. and like um, all the materials though is developed in kind of smaller clubs and stuff but when you perform it in a theater yeah. space you pick up little tricks and stuff that you can only do in a theater space right. this is my second tour I've done in, a, in like in these kind of larger theater venues so I've gotten better at it and kind of adapting my material to be performed in a venue like that but um, yeah you know it's uh, you can I'll, I'll tour that one for a few more months and then record it as a special and then all the stuff I'm working on now I'll do that as another tour whenever I have another couple of months. Well, free. thanks for chatting to me about that. No that's problem. all very, really interesting. Oh, so cool. that's thanks. just as valuable yeah. as your material. We'll oh, use this shit instead, my friend. <laughs> and good luck with all cool. your stuff. Thanks. Guys, let's hear it for Aziz. I'm sorry. I'm very excited that he dropped in tonight. I want to thank all the comics on the show tonight. Please give it up for everybody you saw tonight, guys. 
Well, so we're really happy to be here in the 8 o'clock uh, Tuesday spot at uh, UCBLA. So if you guys are coming to Los Angeles, this is mostly for the podcast audience because I'm looking at your faces and you're already physically here. So it's a little bit of a weird thing to say. But if you're coming to Los Angeles, please buy your tickets and get over here. Uh, we, do, we do often sell out. And the other thing I would say is uh, for this audience and also for the audience listening at home, we could really use your help. Uh, as you know, there are podcasts... Uh, hey, there's a bunch of those. But I do think we're doing something special. We're trying to catch uh, some of some stand-up, and then we're also trying to edit in some interviews. Has anybody heard any of the other episodes that we've done so far? Has anybody heard any of the other? I'm, I'm actually I'm pretty proud of them. I think they're I think they're very good. Uh, it's really nice that comics are letting us kind of hit this next frontier. I think this is where we're headed as a as a comedy community. I think we're headed towards uh, a more immediate involvement with people's stand-up, and it's really nice to be able to get away from. Hey, I love character stuff and I love interviews, but it's really nice to actually just hear the stand-up that people do for a living. Like, isn't that kind of amazing? And so you guys can support us. Uh, you can tell your friends about the show, and you can rate or review us on iTunes. So will you, will you do that for me, this audience right here, and also audience at home? I would really appreciate it. Every, every rating and every share helps. Um, I want to keep this show going, and, and UCB has, has taken a risk on us. And I think it's going well so far. So you guys have been an amazing audience tonight. I'm Cameron Esposito. I want to thank you guys one more time for coming out to put your hands together. We will be here next week at 8 o'clock. Keep it going for all the comments you saw tonight and for Maine and for yourselves and for everybody listening at home. Thanks, guys. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to laugh with your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to clap with your hands together, put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.